remember, do you ever watch them, those um, Mark Bell ones back in the day? Uh, no, go on. Super Training TV. I can't remember. I used to know it because he'd say it at the beginning of every bloody episode, but it was just hilarious. It'd be like, you know, welcome to um, Super Training TV, uh, the strongest gym in the West. This episode is sponsored by, and then it'd be like supertraining.com, the slingshot, and my fat face, or like something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're just all his own companies. Like, he's not sponsored at all. He's <laughs> just like, and this episode is sponsored by me, myself, and me. It's <laughs> basically what he's saying every time. And um, it'd always be going, and always be saying the strongest gym in the West. And he's like, I started saying that um, just because it pissed off Louis Simmons because he clearly has a much stronger gym. But when I sit there with thousands of people, the <laughs> strongest gym in the West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely come up with something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, we're kind of sponsored. Yeah. Exactly, sponsored by Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it took took a while to get that brand secured. Yeah, exactly. It was Wasn't hard. easy. Some tough negotiations. Yeah. Yeah. They fought hard, <laughs> but we finally got them down to zero dollars and zero. <laughs> <laughs> zero setup fee, zero <laughs> base pay, and zero commission. Excellent. You got a deal. <laughs> 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 Some serious negotiation going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, yeah, and, um, episode number two. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to talk about, uh, I suppose, pro- well, it's programming, but it's going to be, uh, I suppose, split off season, in season, because uh, your training style and your training requirements are going to be a bit different. Um, and I think that's gonna, it's going to be a really good follow on from uh, our previous podcast if you haven't seen it it's about the best exercise for rugby um it could be a little bit of a misleading or uh, a little bit of a clickbaity title because there isn't going to be one exercise um and having said that there was a comment by uh, tobias uh, <laughs> yeah oh you're gonna have to listen to find <laughs> out <laughs> uh one good one that tobias uh, i can't remember his full name uh, tobias pt uh, that put on um, on Instagram is he said that he thinks that sprinting would have the most transference to rugby. I thought that's quite a, quite an important one to consider. Yeah, I suppose we we were focused on strength exercises rather than uh, conditioning type things. Um, but yeah, obviously speed kills in rugby, but it's uh, we we were focused. On yeah, absolutely, gym, gym absolutely. Exercises, strength conditioning. Yeah, strength we were and over conditioning. And to be honest, how would you get better at sprinting? And you would pick the two exercises we suggested or recommended. That will be a way of improving the sprinting. You don't just get faster by sprinting. Just kind of sprinting. Like there's got to be an element of strength training. You've got to increase your uh, yeah, ground force or the force you're applying to the ground. Yeah, they're hardly skinny. Um, so that, I thought it was a good recommendation. Uh, and hopefully what we talk about today, there'll be further dialogue on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, and we can get get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, but that's the uh, the podcast for today. Um, so 
I guess, kind of over to you, Tom, to kind of just give a, a quick overview of why would the two be different? Why would your off-season and in-season be different? Yeah, a good place to It's start. a bit obvious, but... Well, maybe, maybe yeah. not, though. Like, the, the kind of the, the, the crux of it is you've got different ambitions at different times of the years. If you're playing rugby or any other sport, you've got different periods of the year where you'll have more or less intensity in your games and the volume of games or even playing any games at all right in the off season you're not playing any games and so therefore you can put more work into the gym because you're not as beaten yeah. up from the weekend and then equally if you're in the run-up to a cup final you don't want to kill yourself in the gym because at that point it's too late anyway you've either done your preparation or you haven't and you need to be fresh yeah. in the game so yeah the point of any kind of periodization or programming to like balance yourself out from your your rugby the impact that that has on your body and your recovery versus your gym work and putting that in so yeah there will always be a difference between off season and in season um, yeah yeah and even I, I within think, that there's well, there's periods as well to go through yeah and that's that's going to be the i suppose the the nuance and the technicality and that expertise you're going to bring in um, I get for me, I would just put it down to essentially one simple word that you just used there, which is recovery. Um, because you've got two training sessions and you've got match day, or maybe you've got one training session, um, or even at high level, you have even more training sessions than two. But most, you know, decent competitive club level, their first 11, first 15 will absolutely be training twice a week. Um, so you've got those to account for. Um, you also want to show up and do well at training if you want to keep playing at a high level. And then you've got game day. So that's three days a week of seven that you're already engaged in the physical activity. Um, yep. Can you train those days? Can you not train those days? I think it all comes down to your recovery capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is where distinguishing whether you are a professional player, an amateur player, or mm. you're hoping to be one of those two and how much commitment you're going to put into this. Because ultimately... Yeah. You know, you could sit here and you read loads of stuff online. It's like, yeah, you know, don't do some heavy squat session and then go and do your rugby training. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, professional teams are going to be training 14 times a week and playing games. Yeah. So you can yeah. get yourself to a level of conditioning that will allow you to do things like that, but you've just got to get there. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So yeah, it's adapting to the stimulus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we used, to, uh, we used to play for the outcasts at home. If you remember Mikey, Mikey yep. Della, he yep. used to uh, he used to do a chess session on the day of the game, <laughs> on game day. He's been doing it since like day dot. I, I don't think he can remember when he hadn't done it. Um, yeah. And he was like, it never affected his his gameplay. But then he started to find, as he's getting older, that he wasn't recovering yeah. from the gym sessions and that he needed to cut it out. But yeah. it's fascinating that he had built up that level of recovery and, and or training capacity that he could actually do a chess session. I suppose your chess is also not the one you're going to need the most in a rugby game. It's probably the one you could forego. Yeah, it's funny as well. If you see, there's a nice series on um, the Hurricanes, New Zealand uh, rugby side and following their pre-season training then into their first couple of games and um, right. shows you their preparation before a game and they do three hours of training before the game yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'll be dead at that point <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> but that's I mean like if you think about when I was at when I worked at a gym right I would 
teach spin spin classes like and you do the the lesson i do that you know twice a day Mm. i do olympic lifting in the morning because i was crap at olympic lifting so the weights were not heavy enough to really be strength work and then do powerlifting (laughs) in the evening and you know you think about it people like that's ridiculous how can you do that it's like because i had that level of conditioning that's how like i didn't do that on the first day like i didn't turn up day one you know what i'm going to do four training sessions today no, it's like, yeah. it's totally ridiculous. Right. But you can you can build up to a certain level, which going full circle back around to our programming is exactly what the off season is for. Like I would yeah. take that time to not like, especially depending on where you are with your career and where you're wanting to develop and things like that. But you know, if you're an international player, you take the first part of the off season to recover from the entire season. If you're not a professional, yeah. I would say that's the time to start burying yourself in work so that the season almost becomes too easy right and you yeah. you okay. keep you keep using the off season to get to the next level because it's really difficult sure. in season if you're playing at a, a semi decent level like you are going yeah. to start getting battered and you are going to pick up little niggles and injuries and things like that so to really crush yourself yeah. in training and push your conditioning that much further or especially in strength work like you identify yeah. that suffers the most especially like if, mm. once you get to about the Christmas period probably between January and the end of the season to do any kind of serious heavy lifting and strength work is really difficult because you've got all of your biggest games coming yep. up you're already battered from the first half of the season all that sort of thing so For sure. that yeah. season that's where I'd focus on wherever your weak points are like if you need better conditioning start doing it there if you need better strength start doing it there and then yeah would you say conditioning would you prioritize conditioning i I would prioritize um like anything that's rehab related so if you know that you know there is a a weakness in a given muscle group and it keeps giving way and it's caused you several injuries then maybe you need to focus on around strengthening what's around that muscle group um but and or just generally getting your strength numbers up getting your explosive so you're getting your raw strength numbers up converting that to uh, explosive energy i did I don't know whether you agree or not, but I are on the side of maybe deprioritize the conditioning aspect. Don't completely get rid of it, but most teams will have a conditioning uh, period just before the start of the season, and yeah. conditioning can, you can catch that up pretty quickly. Um, probably yeah, only I, I needs more a like, few sessions a week. Yeah, it just depends. I, I totally agree with that. Like it depends what yeah. you need. Like yeah, if you've got some weak areas that you mm. need to bring up. Like, um, yeah. like I kept tearing my hamstring because my quads were way too dominant. So I spent yeah. three months basically not doing any quad exercises and just doing posterior chain yeah. uh, to bring that imbalance back. And then I've not torn my hamstring since. <clears throat> like, so yes, that yeah. would be something to do. But on the flip side of that, you, you see some guys and actually their strength is where it needs to be. Like they can squat yeah. 150 kilos. What they can't do is get up and down the field. And so yeah. that's what's letting them down. Um, so I, I would focus yeah, on yeah. where, what, what do you need? Because that's going to be the most difficult thing to bring up when you're yeah. in season. Right? All of yeah. your strengths and the things that you're good at are probably just come naturally to you and you'll keep progressing them anyway all year. Like, yeah, true. Uh, you know, if I do two deadlift sessions a year, I'll probably increase my deadlift. But if I don't touch the bench press for five minutes it goes down dramatically like cuts in half i think there's like a half life of about six minutes on my bench press <laughs> yeah, same disappears just flies away so you know you've got yeah. different, different 
abilities, different things you're good at or you're not good at or whatever. Um, so that, that would be the first thing I would put into, because when you think about programming and how you put it together, obviously you can get stuff online um, and we'll talk about some programs and things that you can just download. But I think it's good yeah. to establish some sort of principles because even if you download a program, you might need to adapt it to yourself in some capacity. Sure, that makes um, sense. So I think it's worth thinking about the priorities that you should have at different stages so that you can make yep. those calls yourself because it's not too difficult. You know, if you download West, yep. Westside for Skinny Bastards and you realize actually, you know, I really do need to pack on some size and that's what I need to do. Yeah, perhaps I yeah. should cut down on doing too much running because I need to keep the calories and I don't need to be as conditioned right now. You know, right. Would, yeah, absolutely. Be, yeah. But, you know, you see that a lot with with obviously people playing the backs. They keep themselves relatively lean and doing a lot of conditioning work, a lot of sprinting and things, and they can't put on size during the season because mm. they're just burning so many calories. Mm. Especially if that's your natural disposition to do. So in that off season yeah. you could just be like you know what i'm going to spend six weeks just basically not doing any conditioning work whatsoever yeah and just use you get trying all the to calories put some back up. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that makes sense so in terms of so that's off season prioritize any weaknesses you're probably going to be more strength focused conditioning is probably the one that you could forego because you can always catch that up towards the beginning of the season very very quickly um and you know, it's it's not one that you need to spend too much time focusing on. Like we used to have, and to be honest, you could probably do your conditioning at the end of most workouts, like, but you wouldn't do your strength workout at the end of a conditioning session. So you wouldn't do conditioning and go pick up some weights. You'd always prioritize the weights. So you could always do conditioning after your rugby training sessions. Um, and in fact, most of them, at least the ones I used to go to, the way they were structured was, like conditioning was involved all throughout the training session and then at the end we had a fitness test yeah yeah, uh, yeah every session do that yeah. yeah and you can keep things up and you can keep yourself you're building up your your kind of your gpp or general general physical preparedness is a bit of a funny oh. balance in game because you couldn't get it you can keep pushing it up to a level where your gpp is basically so extremely good that like how are you how do elite level athletes do what they do is because their gpp is elite like yeah like they yeah. are already cross sitters yeah yeah, they're just already yeah. physically prepared for everything all the time. So I wouldn't let it like yeah. drop off a cliff too much, but sure. you can certainly cut down, focus on other things and use that time a bit more strategically, especially if you've not got training or at all. Some teams, you know, completely shut down for a, for a period of time, a couple of months, um, and you yeah. won't have games probably for at least three months. Um, and so you can certainly use that time instead of, you know, you're going to burn calories in 80 minutes playing a game and really that's, almost there's a conditioning session isn't it it's going to burn you out more yeah, than absolutely. any conditioning session so you could yeah. you could take that saturday afternoon and say well okay actually what i need to do is work on whatever the weak area is whether that be yeah. balancing something to prevent injuries or just generally building up strength um yeah. that's where I, I would put that into place but I, I would go the other way and, and still say if you are the opposite end which is not going to be many people but some people come from strength sports and then get into rugby. And so they're extremely strong, but their conditioning sucks like hell. And so I would yeah. use that time to, to do conditioning. Yeah, fair. Again, again, I'm not saying everyone. There's always going to be outliers and, and always uh, yeah. exemptions to the rules. Um, yeah. Okay, so obviously we said recovery, but why, why can't and why shouldn't you do that 
in season or what should be your goal in season? Probably, I mean, what do you think? Depending on what kind of level you're playing at, obviously any professional is basically just saying, I'm trying to maintain my levels of strength during the season yeah. and perhaps yeah. build it up in periods where there's a slight quiet place or depending on how big your squad is, you might have rotations um, yeah. where you know you're going to have two weeks where you're not playing and so you could do yeah. a bit more strength work or whatever. Yeah. But if you're not a professional, I would say you can still certainly look at building your strength and depending yeah. on where you are on that strength curve as well if you're a beginner you absolutely can but if you've been training yeah. a while and you, you i would just say it's going to slow and you just need to be less aggressive with it and you need to be okay with the fact that some weeks you're not going to be able to do or hit numbers that you think you can or would yeah. want to yeah. do um, yeah. so about being intelligent around that i think but you can yeah. probably you should at least maintain where you're at unless you obviously get pick up a serious injury. Um, and yeah. then I would be looking to make s- small improvements unless you're a professional or semi-professional. Yeah. And then you, you're going to want to probably only look at ma- maintaining stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I would say, or I would add to that, obviously recovery will be a huge element. And I would say your, your training sessions, whilst they should always have an element of mobility, uh in them you know something from jim wendler says if uh, if a training session doesn't have a a strength component a mobility component and a conditioning component it's probably useless mm-hmm. um and i think that's that's true if your training throughout the week does not have any element of it relating to some mobility work whether that's go foam roll go get a lacrosse ball sit on that um go get one of those what's it called that the gun it just oh, like yeah. absolutely hammers into you. I can't remember it's like a therapeutic gun. You know, if that's yeah, that's yeah. Tw- like ten minutes on that, like that should be part of your your in season training because the most important thing to do is be ready for game day um, and and maximizing your training sessions. What do you think should happen around intensity? Because um, I think, or my thought on this is, off season you can probably go hard on most exercises for most sets for most reps. Whereas as it comes to in season, you've got to treat it a bit like a bodybuilder treats, um, like getting, getting ready for stage and going into like a, a cut mm. where they will try and keep the intensity up, but they will drop the volume. So instead of doing, you know, eight, four or five sets of eight reps of, you know, as much as they could possibly lift, they'll probably do two hard working sets. And so a couple of feeders, two hard working sets, or even one hard working set, trying to maintain that absolute level of strength. Is that how you would recommend it? Or would you say, you know, or um, is there an, an alternative method to even start? Yeah, I mean, you could certainly do it that way. And I think it's going to depend a little bit on the individual. Um, yeah. from, from some of the stuff that we were saying last week and just some things I've tested out with myself and seen that other people have done. And it's a yeah. very small section there's not a huge amount on it but i would do it based on my mentality more than anything else so although i might build up to a one rep max in the off season i would be getting amped up fired up sniffing ammonia shouting listening to music and being aggressive about it yeah lift you know 102 percent of your max whereas in season especially if i'm getting towards any kind of serious thing i'll still do what is a one rep max for that day and c- can't possibly lift more but i didn't amp myself up in any way and i was calm. Yeah. i probably didn't listen to music at all and you know you're just like totally like zen about the whole thing and it's just yeah. like, oh i didn't lift it today it's okay or you know i only got to this level today and use that as an intensity measure yeah um, sure 
rather than going, well, normally I would do 105 kilos on this exercise and today I'm only going to do 100. And so I'm taking off, you know, a little bit. You, I, I think you can self-manage that with your mindset. And it's also yeah. stressful because if I get myself amped up to push myself for, for me anyway, like if I yeah. went really crazy about getting amped up for even just two sets, mentally it's stressful. So I'd rather do four sets of eight and not get myself amped up than to do two sets of eight getting amped up. Yeah. And find it less tiring, even though it was more work. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to you've got to look after your CNS as well. You know, if you're if you're const constantly amping yourself up, constantly listening to hardcore music, that is in a way that will take a toll on your CNS. Some people thrive on it. So I guess, it, like you said, it's, it's kind of down to your personality. If you give someone who doesn't thrive on that, it trains to their best when they're calm, mm. then, you know, amping them up, they'll probably burn out really quickly. But equally, you get some people who love that kind of, um, like they love that kind of hardcore environment or, or belief. And they need that, that this is going to be hard, it's going to be heavy, it's going to be brutal. And then they, they kind of yeah, get themselves yeah, going they that want. way. Yeah, some yeah. people just don't like. I, I I don't mind turning up to the gym and putting in the work, being calm about the whole thing. I don't find yeah. it less entertaining or interesting. I yeah. still like lifting the weights. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, some people want that like atmosphere, and in which case I would take the approach of right. Okay, you're gonna have to do something to limit the intensity. Yeah. At some stage, because otherwise you're gonna start breaking yourself down, especially if you if you are doing a lot of training. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go that way. Like if you see um, if you see uh Martins Lesis the world's strongest man last year when he trains like yeah. it's, it's interesting to see his training because he's just like zen as hell yeah 99 of the time and then when he's like about eight weeks out from a competition maybe 10 weeks or something like that you just see the intensity of his training go up but less from a standpoint of like the numbers on the thing more of a mentality okay so it's actually then maybe getting a bit pumped up about stuff yeah. um, but if you see brian shaw he's like pumped up about every set in every session all of the time and then yeah. moderates intensity with volume and um percentages okay that, um, that kind of makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. there's um approaches i'm gonna follow on instagram uh squat like as ben chow but as i think his tag is at squat like chow um and he was saying it he was doing a, a video for redcon it's one of the brands um and he, he was just I was just going through his workout and this guy can squat eight plates mm. uh, for double treble quite easily um uh i mean it, it takes a toll but relatively speaking quite easily he gets to six plates no problem mm. and so he's doing like six plates or seven plates or something and then someone kind of he's not supposed to be doing eight plates but someone puts eight on and kind of uh, kind of gives him a nudge and they'll try and you know kind of peer pressure him into it and yeah. he goes all right we're shooting so why not Mm. so he kind of he kind of gets there puts his hands on the bar or something and then as he's like getting underneath i think someone like slaps it or someone starts shouting go on let's go let's go like really yelling yeah um and he just completely like let's go the bar walks out and goes don't do that yeah he doesn't doesn't like it he's yeah. he's like that absolute zen calm guy he, he gets under six plates so that's six twenties either side yeah. so he's getting under 240 260 kilos um and he will he's like in my gym he's got his own gym in texas or somewhere and he's like i could be listening to christian christina aguilera and i'll happily squat to 260 kilos for several reps yeah um but he's just not one of those that gets amped up whereas i know other people that kind of you know like i said they, they kind of sniff the 
setting souls they kind of get themselves yeah. going they they focus That's they almost the yeah they, and they they almost kind of think of a like a tragic situation that they if they don't do this that tragic situation will occur and so they really put themselves in a dark place to lift yeah. and kind of tap everything some people just don't don't like it don't thrive off it they their form falls or their strength falls yeah 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 so it's interesting you say that yeah. yeah i don't know i just like it as a there's lots of yeah. um research around people um being able to use rpe like rate of perceived exertion that's it yeah and as long as you've got around about I, th- I can't remember exactly what the stats were but it was something like a year's worth of training it wasn't that long maybe two yeah. years most people were incredibly accurate with it like because you just you you understand what you can do and what you can't do yeah um and so i quite like having that kind of some sort of level self like monitoring in there rather than a totally prescribed this is how many sets and reps and percentages that you should do but some people yeah. just don't like it like they're not very good at telling themselves to push harder or so they just never yeah. do and they never make any progress and so it'd be better that it's written down today you must push yourself <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> you know and i think that's about knowing yourself and again going yeah, back to what you're saying at the beginning like picking a training program and you might have to change it your program might say something like self-moderate this as an rpe of eight and you know you're not going to be able to do that and in which case yeah put some percentages in there know that you must lift 80 percent of your one rep max kind yeah. of regardless of how you're feeling because you know that's how you'll get there yeah um type of thing so or pick a different program because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all generally work i mean we'll, we'll go through yeah for sure. on, on different things but it's uh it is an interesting one i think a lot of people end up in one camp or the other where they're like no you must monitor everything record it all and write it down and then everybody yeah. else is like no, you must feel everything in you. The way of the warrior is the only way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, some, I mean, something, something you're not hardcore enough. If you have to write everything down, you're just not committed enough yeah. that uh, if you were, you know, if you were committed, you, you'll remember what you lifted. What? Yeah. Every, every exercise, <laughs> every rep, every set, five day split. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet Louis Simmons good. That guy is like a monster when it comes to remembering stats and statistics. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's just really I'm good. definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I can always remember. I can't always remember, but I can often remember the, the numbers roughly that I have done before. They yeah. Quite, quite good with remembering numbers and terrible at remembering almost everything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I, some days I might do seven or eight sets on leg extensions yeah i'm not remembering all of them no especially when it's like some machines they're like in kilos and you go to some machines in pure gym i think they're in pounds yeah like why 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 we're in england (laughs) this is not america (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah not in the stone age (laughs) yeah Yeah. you see uh i like um mark bell does that a lot he's very he's a bit more um intuitive type lifter you might say yeah and um he's always getting questions from people who are not way more stats based and they're like how many you see sometimes in videos where he does like a collaboration with somebody who is quite like you know strict about stuff and yeah. um they'll be like okay so how many do you do on that set and he's like i don't know some for a few like some for what are you talking about <laughs> he's like I, I picked something that felt relatively heavy that i could do for a few reps like clearly more than three i don't know <laughs> <Some for a laughs> but, yeah he's like well, i mean for him he's like a power lifter so anything more than three is cardio for a start it's <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it's not like he's like it's not that important is it like 
I know I haven't, I've done more than three reps and I know I've not done 25, you know, so I'm in the ballpark of hypertrophy. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. you know you, you can go that way i certainly think you can i mean he's achieved great things with his powerlifting. Right? yeah absolutely you know very strong man yeah. um and so you, you can win both ways i think you just have to know yourself on what you you can do can't do what you want to do how are you going to react to things yeah yourself like for me i get excited i know i don't really need some thing to tell me i have to lift 102 percent of my one max today because yeah. if i feel like i can i'm going for it even if you're not supposed to be because again okay. I about it like i, I yeah. want to lift that weight if i can and equally if i know it's not in me today i don't really care about walking away and sure it's not there today it doesn't yeah. you know, i don't lose my mind about it but yeah you save the pr for another day yeah yeah okay. yeah no yeah i get that I, I get the concept of just feeling it i think i think, you need I think it's also what you get introduced to yeah i absolutely there's an element that there's definitely a that's a big factor. I think it was also kind of what you're introduced to mm. as well. So when we first started listening, we were following 531, or we were for the, the main lift. And then we were kind of just going on and doing two, three other different types of training regimes, or we'll finish with FTS seven on something at the end. It's like, I'm not sure this is like, this is like hybriding of about is. four different <laughs> programs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I still do that to this day. Like I was saying this last week, wasn't we? Like, I, I think it's worth trying out all these different things because you just don't know. Like yeah. when I've done this recovery, oh, I wish I could get back to the, I'm going to start doing a um, uh, road to 200 kilos or something like that, I think, and start again. And um, yeah, I'm basically back at scratch now. For anybody who doesn't realize i've had multiple back problems uh, i've slipped two discs and so my numbers are like back down to zero basically I oh, yeah. might as well be where i started and um but when i started doing recovery last year uh, in december the four months before the gyms closed and i'd done that squat every day like go in and lift the one rep max every day i didn't make better progress like, yeah i felt amazing as well Wow. really really good which is <laughs> like everybody's like you can't possibly lift a one rep max every day you'll die and maybe if i'd done it for six months i would be dead and yeah. so you know it is possible um but i just feel like if i've already hurt myself this much so many times doing everything you're supposed to be doing let's try something that i'm not supposed to be doing <laughs> <laughs> why not what yeah. could possibly happen yeah, yeah fair. and so i done that yeah. I, I moderated it with i wasn't going ballistic like i i wouldn't listen to music and i was pretty peaceful so the one rep max i mean realistically i probably had you know an extra five percent in the tank in every lift yeah um if you're getting proper ramped up and another way i was moderating the amount of what because the amount of weight that you're moving yeah will actually make a difference like a back squat to a front squat you're going to drop a certain percentage of of the actual physical weight on the bar which will change how you re recover and how stressful yeah. it is for your body so so yeah, I'm doing back squats and powerlifting. So a good way to moderate that was either change to a front squat and do one rep max with front squat or take a belt off and just don't lift with a belt that day. Okay. You don't have knee wraps or put or do put them all on and then the next day don't. And so you can moderate the intensity like that. Even though I'm lifting on one rep max pretty calmly, you know, if one day I'm doing it as a back squat with a belt and knee wraps and the next day I'm doing a front squat with no belt, no wraps, the weight on the bar is wildly different. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you can you can rotate things that way as well. Oh, but anyway, I, I just it was interesting. Like, 
and be like, yeah. I really want to be able to do that again. But yeah. none, of the, none of the gyms are open here now. So. Oh, you've gone back into lockdown? Yeah, all the sports places are closed. I think we've got the wow. same as you, like where it's all um limit of six people to a room yeah. or whatever it is. Um, if you've got an it, outdoor space as a sports place, you can... You can be open, okay. Yeah, you can be open. Um, is there, have you got like a rag tiered status? We've got that, we've got three tiers. Oh, yeah, medium, no. No, we don't. high, very high, okay. If you're in the very high, I think you're in full lockdown, but that there seems to be some noise coming through that even in a even in the very high tier so tier three mm. um gyms may still be allowed to be open because there's an element of um mental health that they've been factored in and obviously yeah. gyms and the gyms are petitioning back i don't know whether that's been agreed yet or not um as of today I, but i read something or saw something somewhere that that's something that's being considered i saw so. i saw online being able to go into a restaurant and wear a mask, having to wear a mask and walk into a restaurant and being allowed to take it off is the equivalent of having a pissing section in a swimming pool. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so true. Like, what is that doing? I wear yeah. my mask when I walk in, but as soon as I sit down, I can take it off and breathe in everything anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what is the point? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's to reduce the velocity of it and it's like well no yeah i just i'm like i would much like for me surely like because I, th I think you should wear a mask like i think that is important i think you shouldn't wear one but yeah i don't see how going to a gym and wearing the mask a hundred percent of the time is worse than going to a restaurant where you wear it less than 10 percent of the time yeah because i spend 90 percent of the time sitting down and eating in a restaurant and only 10 percent of the time walking from the door to the table into the toilet yeah. back where the mask is on yeah so uh, anyway we digress <laughs> yeah one bit we uh we didn't touch on is yeah. so so we spoke about um off season and in season um strength training and how to kind of really essentially manage it um and we give quite a few tips one thing we didn't look at is well what about the speedsters what about your wingers um maybe a backline in general but those guys that you know especially your wingers and your fullback that absolutely rely on speed and need to do speed work yeah. How should they be treating that? Um, should that just be a, a tag along at the end of a session? I, my personal opinion, personal thought is it needs to be its own dedicated day uh, where you allocate it to sprint work and you should take it to levels of intensity where it you do need to recover from it. So you shouldn't be able to do speed work every day. Otherwise, it's, I don't think that's speed work. Well, yeah, you could do. I think you could do that if you wait. I'm certainly not... Uh sprint coach by any means uh i'll just caveat that now but yeah um, well, neither I, yeah i think i think you can i would just put it where somebody might have like you know five or six sets of something uh, because yeah. they're trying to just ultimately build strength you you might do three or four sets and then add in a plyometric set or something like that um a couple of you know, a few plyometrics things at the end or you might do some speed work we might do um Interesting. Or, I would have put plyometric stuff at the beginning. Yeah, you might do. Like, like yeah, you, not at the end of a session. Yeah, you might do it at the beginning. What I mean is, like, the structure. Yeah. Like, instead of doing six sets of bench press, you do three sets of dynamic stuff first, and then you do. Well, yeah. Probably, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Strength. So, although you've done six sets, you didn't do six sets of strength work. You speed it up. Whereas yeah. your prop only done six sets of a regular bench press and trying to make it heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, that's what I mean, but. 
yeah, I think you, you should certainly program it in again, going back to what we were saying, like priorities, what are your priorities, right? You know, right, I would write them down. So you've got them, you know, what do I need to improve? And yeah. um, speed is obviously going to be a component for it. And then I think you've got to think about very seriously, is my speed lacking because I'm not a good sprinter or is it lacking because of uh, weak as hell? Yeah, I'm not strong enough. Yeah, absolutely. and it's almost if you're aged like 13 to 22, it's almost certainly because you're weak as hell. Yeah, like it's, a, it's a surprising how much quicker you can get when you when your posterior chain is rock solid, like really strong. You yeah, will increase as long as you've not taken on too much weight in terms of fat. Um, yeah. so you can utilize that in a more explosive manner, and you could do explosive stuff. Um, but yeah, you, you could do. I think you could do speed drills. Like you could, I would like you're saying, like have a dedicated speed day would be good, but you could do speed stuff and just a couple of drills, fast feet work and things like that to keep explosive. And you could keep them yeah. at the end yeah. of the session. Yeah. You know, do a little, um, the ladder things, doing footwork, yeah. doing, um, you know, over the hurdles to keep your knees high yeah. and stuff like that. Going through the motions, doing bounding work, things like that. Yeah. Not huge high impact sprint session, but it's yeah. a component of sprint sessions and you put them in at the end of all your strength stuff. Yeah, I guess if you break it, if you're breaking an entire sprint session down to six exercises or something or six drills, and then you're scattering those throughout your work week, your training week, yeah, that that works. But yeah, I'd absolutely again put those at the start of the training session and not at the end when you're fatigued, because the whole know, point I think is depend what is, it is. I think a plyometrics thing with weight, I would put potentially big, and it would also depend on your goals as well. Because if you do a bunch of plyometric stuff that was quite intense, it's going to have a negative effect on your speed weight. If you're just doing fast feet uh, and you're just trying to get <clears> that <throat> movement and keep trying to be quick, yeah, I think you could do that after your strength work to not take away from the fact that that's the priority. Like I need to get stronger first and then I'm kind of working on my, and you're kind of using the sprint stuff at the end to not get too far away from where you were. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But then you could just say if you're, if you want to prioritize strength work, but you need to keep speed work in there, still do the speed work first because ultimately you need to activate. You, you don't want to have fatigued muscle when you're trying to develop speed is my opinion, just just my thought uh, on, on the subject. Um, but then don't bury yourself. Still yeah. do it first, but just don't bury yourself um, in it. But that's, that's, I kind of, that's kind of logic to us all, which is like, you know, if you're going to go do bench press that's fine maybe and it's your first exercise let's say and you're trying to build some chest strength and or chest size as well you just want to ultimately a bigger stronger chest your first exercise probably shouldn't be you know uh five sets all to failure with a drop set some negatives and supersetting that with press-ups or something because you still got four exercises that you need to go out and, and train oh, so I think that sounds wonderful no <laughs> <laughs> they'd probably keep that as a regular set you know um but yeah the, i just think yeah okay if if speed is a priority i think that's quite an interesting idea i never thought about doing a little bit i was doing a little bit as conditioning at the end so like the ladder work um yeah, yeah. but i was just doing a bit of ladders and then like kettlebell swings uh climate like one arm push but i was doing that more from a conditioning aspect i was just trying to create a little circuit just to kind of keep my conditioning. I was trying to loosen fat. Yeah. Uh, but my priority there wasn't to try and get faster. That was, I wasn't chasing speed. I wasn't training for rugby specifically at that point either. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, certainly you can build it in there. Yeah. Interesting. 
And um, one thing to note, we mentioned a little bit about um, beginners and then people who are not. Okay. Yeah. You know, 90% of this, like having priorities and things like all these types of stuff is really applicable to somebody who's been training for a year or more. If you haven't, I would probably almost certainly, firstly, obviously establish your goals and what you're going to do. Yeah. But I'd probably stay fairly rigidly into a program, like pick one and just follow it for a year. Or, or pick three and follow them for four months each, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Just, just to, because you're going to have no idea and it's going to be too difficult to make your own choices. And even if you do pick the worst program ever, if you've never trained before, you're still going to make ridiculous progress anyway. And it's not going to matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're absolutely completely new to, to weight training, then just, just keep strength as your focus. In fact, don't worry about speed dynamic work. Don't worry about what kind of split do I need to do or trying to like the, the finer details, like you don't need to get the scalpel out at the moment. You need to just stick to putting the meat on the bones. Yeah, um, yeah. And just, I think if you, yeah, you, you could probably pick some arbitrary numbers of like, if you can't deadlift 150 kilos and squat 150 kilos and bench press, you know, 80, 90, hundred kilos, your own body weight. Yeah. You press your own body weight and you can't deadlift and squat one and a half times, two times your body weight. Yeah. It's on that. Like from a bare minimum <laughs> one and a half absolutely yeah yeah absolutely all right something around that kind of ballpark kind of they're yeah. like ridiculously arbitrary numbers but it's just like if you don't have the foundation of strength to some capacity like yeah just yeah regular barbell movements you don't need to be crazy about anything yeah um, i totally agree yeah you don't need band work you don't need um you do need chains though because they're cool <laughs> you do need chains because they're cool Whereas you're not in the chain gang. Yeah. <laughs> no way of making progress without chains. No. None whatsoever. What my wife says. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Uh, so, so we've we've covered uh, off season. We've covered uh, in season training. We've kind of covered where and how to maybe put in some potential speed work. Uh, what to manage recovery wise so we've covered quite a bit um let's briefly uh, and we'll probably go more in depth uh in the next one but let's just briefly discuss some of the the common training uh programs that are out there we yeah. don't need to not not their pros and cons but just to kind of give a bit of information so if you're listening to this podcast and you are the the new to training what programs should you go out and listen to? Um, like Sam said, there are crappy ones out there that aren't programmed very well. Um, and there is a, such a thing as bad programming. Um, you know, uh, and, and I'll give you just a classic example, just bad programming. Someone will say, oh, here's, here's a leg session and it will be go do some squats, then go do some uh, leg press, then maybe do some extensions as a leg extensions and then go do lunges. You know, that's, that's your leg day. Uh, oh, maybe some car phrases as well thrown in. You know, you've ignored hamstrings or any direct ham work there at all. There's no IDLs, there's no ham curls, there's no Nordic curls. Um, when you're going to get super nerdy and um, Nordic ham curls is a is it's it's working your hamstrings just like an IDL is, but it does it in such a different fashion that people that often have um, like yourself actually often uh, injure their hamstrings. It's not because they might have incredibly good RDL ability, but they're probably rubbish at Nordic hand curls or those glute ham raises. Mm -hmm. uh, 
because that's a different form of strength. And then that training itself could stop you or prevent you from having injuries in your hamstrings, but that's not programmed in, you know, well, the program that I just said, there was no direct ham work. Um, You should do hamstring work as a hip flexion exercise and a knee flexion exercise. You should have both in there. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to miss something. Um, Yeah. And so this is why it's, I think it's really important to understand that there is, there is bad programming. Uh, and not that that bad farming won't get you results, but it might leave imbalances and vulnerabilities within your physique, your strength output, the, the kinetic chain that could cause injury down the line. And then you'd have to work extra to overdo it. It's not going to be like horrendously bad, but there is there is such a thing as bad programming. And that's why it's probably best to stick to the people that have got time tested training programs. And we'll probably go through just a few of those now. Um but that's because they've refined their art over decades yeah. and across tens and thousands of athletes, and they've improved their program. They started from a basic program, they learned, they adjusted, they learned, they adjusted, and they've now got it to a position where it kind of works for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, and they've a, a very, very, very broad range of people can get a lot of results, and that's where they've got it too. So it's probably best to start with those where the odds are more in your favor that it will work for you as a program. Um, so do you want to take it in terms of lifting one out or do you just want to list a few and then we can just briefly cover the structure of those programs but we'll go into more depth maybe in another video yeah um i think a good one to if you've never done any training whatsoever before yeah you're pretty you know you're new to anything there are there are a couple that immediately spring to mind so we'll probably start there and then we can go into more advanced stuff Um, yeah and the first thing I done was just linear periodization, which I would never do for somebody who's actually an experienced lifter. But I think for a beginner, it's actually a really sensible place to start. Just like a either a full body or at least a kind of uh, split where you, you're not just hammering, like you're not just doing chest because it's just stupid. Like at least do push and pull, like upper lower. That would be fine. Yep. Be okay. uh, but if not, do full body. And then starting with, so linear periodization is just literally every week, you're increasing the weight and doing less reps. So, or it might be every two weeks or something, there's a few different types of programs, but you're sure if it's a 12 week type of thing. You might be, you know, week one, you're doing three sets of 10 reps. And then week two, you're doing three sets of eight reps, but the weight has gone up. Yeah. And every week you train and you're, by the end of it, you're going to do a one rep max and then you're going yeah. to cycle back around again. You're going to take yeah. it. And it's all based on percentages. So, yeah pre-week one you're going to test like what can i bench press where am i yeah yeah. and then based off of that it's just percentages with the weight increasing every week and the reps going down but it's a nice way to to start because it's very easy to like okay i know what i'm going to do i can work it all out i don't have to think about very much i'm going to make progress like you got to think about recovery as much as anything and then progress like continuously progressing and putting new stimulus in your body like stimulus and recovery are the only two things you need to think about in any program like how am i stimulus and how am i going to recover from it sure because that stimulus response is the only way you you grow or get better but um with a like just direct linear periodization as a total beginner that's done nothing before i think it's a nice place to start um because it just gives you so much easy structure to follow yeah, you'll recover from anything and everything. Yeah, you yeah. want to think about it as well. Yeah. And you'll get confident. And when that first week when you're trying to do a squat, it will look horrible. And so you probably don't want to be doing a warm-up max anyway. 
like you can't really you haven't got the form down very well and you're kind of figuring it out you don't want to be walking out of ridiculously something that might hurt you anything is not going to hurt you unless you've got a horrible horrible form but you know if you're within the regions yeah i just think if you're that new your body just isn't going to be in there so there is a there is something where your body will just not let you lift anywhere near your actual true maximum because it's ne- it's never been there so your true maximum might actually be today let's say you're completely new to the gym you've never done it you weigh 60 kilos your true maximum squat might actually be 80 kilos but you put you get the bar that's 20 kilos you might put a 10 either side so that's 40 kilos and you might find that's a hot like that was impossible to get out and you would really really struggle that's because your body is already putting the set point as as you improve not only does your form and technique improve but your body starts to like release the gates and allows you to tap into your actual true uh, rep max ability, one rep max or near rep max uh, strength, uh, yeah, because yeah. it's a bit more comfortable letting you get there. Otherwise, it's like it's like a I suppose a what do you call it like a safety net or a fail safe, which is not going to let you lift too heavy where you might injure yourself. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's a nice way to put it. Uh, it's just recruitment of motor neurons, like. Yeah. You're yeah. just not good at it. You haven't got the pattern down. Like exactly. the, the firing sequence is not in order. And so while you might fire them all, they're all out of sequence. And so you don't produce maximum strength rather yeah. than going like in one line and you you can produce your maximum force when you've sure. not tried to do that before. They just fire at spontaneous times and they're not very good at it and they're really inefficient. They're not coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And so, yeah, 90% of what you do in that first 12 weeks will be coordination of yeah. <laughs> so, but that, that's why i like the the kind of linear periodization you don't you're not going to be thinking about it you can go in you can make yep. progress it'll feel good okay um rather than trying to work out constantly yep. like new maxes and how do i get well what did i do last week i better adjust that and because it kind of really doesn't matter you weren't lifting what your maximum was anyway you just yep. need to get better at, you just need to keep squatting so you can get better at squatting and then you can start building strength in your squat absolutely yeah yeah that makes sense <laughs> Um, so well, any any programs that people could look up google um and find where in, literally just type in linear periodization program i know there'll probably be about a thousand online um okay almost any of them will be fine i would pick one that has got somebody reputable endorsing yeah. it like uh any anybody who's relatively famous in any strength field will be fine can you recommend anyone who would who would you um, be looking out for? Obviously, you mentioned Louis Simmons oh, earlier. Louis Simmons, or Louis Simmons would just immediately put you into West Side Barbell, and I just don't yeah. think that's a good place to that's start. That's not, no, I agree. I agree. Like, so, Mark Ritto's starting strength? Yeah, well, look, Hafer Beyonson has got a um, program out, which is. Um, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I've looked at it. It's like $29 or something. It's not expensive. Yeah. It's literally just pure period, linear periodization in an upper lower body split. It's yeah. Like four sessions a week, two upper, two lower. Yeah, and it's just straight linear periodization, and I think I'm relatively confident he's done basically that his entire career. Like he's never, and he's the strongest man. So I mean, you can certainly take it very far. <laughs> like, but, um, I can't do, but then you need to be hustle. Yeah, I personally don't <laughs> yeah. recommend it for high level athletes. I don't. I don't think it's a good. No, fair. There are people that have made it work for sure. Yeah. but I think it's a good place to start. Um, yeah, sure. I'll just download that. Like that, it's going to be balanced enough. He's got a couple of versions out for um, people with equipment, people without equipment. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, a, I suppose maybe a bit of a soft spot just because we we trained on it, and it's one that 
I did make my initial newbie, not just newbie gains, but my early intermediary gains, you know, because we did it for quite some time. Um, but 531, Jim list 531 was just a, a, a fantastic, and that's, that you can go online and it's, because it's so popular, it's yeah. free. Like Jim Wendler oh, just yeah, gives yeah. information out for free. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, if, if you've yeah, never Mark heard Mifito of Jim starting Wendler, strength. Five, yeah, five by five, yeah. yeah. It's Again, that's free. Yeah, yep. and you can get lots of detail in it, not just, oh, it's five, three, one, I have to lift five reps, three reps, one rep. Oh, I do five, 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 one week, three, 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 yep. and then five, three, one. Um, you know, online, there's very in-depth articles on how it's structured, why it's structured that way, um, what to do, how to warm yourself up for, for the workouts. Uh, all free, because yep. he's, he's moved on. It's It's been around so long. It's been tried and tested, and he's moved on to, you know, boring but big and five through one forever um yeah. he's got a few other programs that obviously you know it's, it's right to pay yeah. him for his time um yeah. obviously if you want to get the book go ahead get the book but that information is free so if you're 16 18 20 years old haven't yet stepped in the gym that that's that's where i would point you to okay five through one off like i said five by five yeah, yeah. Uh, what's yeah, it called? Yeah. I like five, five through. That's immediately what I'd moved it. Like I would do linear periodization once. Yeah. Move into five three one. Yeah. Or or you could do starting strength and then move into five, five three one. Like, five three one. Yeah. I think it's a really nice program. I think it works well for. Yeah. Interesting, keeping in, in uh, and kind of understanding how to progress each week and making changes that keep yeah. you, keep that stimulus coming, and yeah. I think it teaches you well. Like, like what I think that I could do now just by myself where I can walk into the gym and kind of manipulate, okay, today I'm going to wear about, today I'm not, this time I'm going to use that exercise or do this and just kind of do it yeah. on the fly and do yeah. it based on how I feel because I've had years of like programming that forced you to do that. Yeah. And learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, and something like 531 will teach you how to push yourself, how to move, how to adjust weights, how to change things, yeah. like work on different percentages and how that feels it, like going in and doing a warm up max and going in and doing a five rep max feels different the next day and the day after. Yeah. It's different at the time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be better at different ones. I'm certainly like all those like calculators where they're like, what's your five rep max? This is your one rep max. It's never right for me. If, if they, no. do, they do it off a three or a two, it'll be pretty close. Yeah. My five rep max would be horrible in comparison to my one. Okay. It's too far away. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. really translate very well for me. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's opposite you, Carl, Carl's the exact opposite. Where he'll do like a five rep max and like, they, they, like, I don't know, bench press 150 kilos for five reps. And you're like, okay, your one rep max should be 190 kilos. And you can do like one, five, five as a one rep max. You're like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. What's wrong with you? <laughs> 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 wow so yeah, his strength I'm, curve is like this <laughs> yeah even extreme well, he doesn't he never does one rep max stuff I think that's yeah yeah, yeah. The, the problem he's um, not trained in that yeah fine okay. yeah but it, you know what i mean so you will yeah. learn how you are in different rep ranges and how sure. you can judge yourself um like that. yeah you know, one thing i really like about 531 um is if you read some of when those articles some of the ones that really go in depth he talks about the uh, ancillary or accessory exercises all being about either improving that lift throughout or finding where you're weak in that lift. Yeah. Where is that weakness in the chain and working that? 
And so your accessories are designed to improve that very list so you get stronger, faster. Um, that's not something I think we did when we initially, we kind of just, just moved on to just training that body part uh, because we're in a five-day split. But if you follow 531, which I did for a little while um, afterwards, if you follow it in its truest sense, if you're going to do that as a beginner, you, your numbers will climb fast. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's just brilliant. The way he breaks down, okay, if, if you're deadlifting and it's not coming off the floor, then your quads are weak. But if you're lifting it off the floor and you're getting it past mid-shin, but then you're getting stuck, then it's time that your lower back posterior chain and your hips are weak and your glutes aren't firing. So go work them, work your posterior chain. Um, and he gives you exercises to do that. And he does it for all of them, for bench, right. for deadlift, for military press. It's all, um, I mean, I'm sure, I was going to say it's all from Louis Simmons, but I'm sure there's probably like a thousand other people who've done it a thousand times before, but yeah. a lot of what Westside Basketball is based off of is that like finding your weaknesses and then hammering the hell out of them and yeah. making them into your strengths and then finding your new weakness. Your next yeah. You know, there's a lot, a lot around, because a lot of Westside Barbell, I think it's like, I mean, firstly, I've made a lot of progress on that program and I highly recommend it. I, yeah. uh, but I would recommend getting his book. Like there are free stuff online about Westside Barbell. But I th think you miss the point if you don't buy the book. But when you yeah. read through it and you realize actually everybody talks about having a one rep max day and a dynamic effort day, but that makes yeah. up like 5% of his overall program. <clears throat> like it's yeah. really not about that at all. Um, for one, his athletes have 14 um, specialist exercise sessions per week. Yeah. <laughs> his one yeah. at max deadlift it was meaningless when he's it's one of 14 yeah yeah type of thing it's it's you know i remember mark bell talking about it as well and people were saying about like how much work those guys put in he's like people cry now that you you say oh you've got to do you know a set of triceps after you've done your bench work and people are, oh god that's crazy he's <laughs> like when you got to west side barbell to get in the door and start your workout you had to do like a hundred tricep pushdowns a hundred sets of uh, reps on some sort of lat exercise and drag the sled up and down the car park a billion times before you're even allowed to do it, go and do your training session really <laughs> right that's your entry fee like <laughs> it's your entry fee yeah it's like you have to do triceps lats and some sort of sled thing every single yeah. day that you're there you, yeah. you just do it every day that's you just it's like a warm-up now <laughs> like it's just okay. <laughs> um, and you know this kind of stuff is all detailed in the in the pro in the in his book sure. Um, and he details out like finding somebody's weak spot and then really aggressively going at it. So it's like you're using that one rep max thing to find your weak spot, not to really grow and and make progress with. It's I'm finding where I'm breaking down. Absolutely. Everything yeah. else that I'm doing is about building. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I gave you your 60 percent your one rep max, you know, which is kind of near about your early working set, which is RPE of six. So you've got plenty left in the tank. You'd probably do that with near perfect form yep. for, for several, several reps. Whereas, you know, it will take you quite a lot, lot of reps before you start it. And it might be your conditioning is in before your form does or your strength does. Whereas, like you said, yeah. getting towards your 95, you know, your 90, 95, near hundred percent, effort your conditioning is not going to let you down because you're probably going to do one or two reps but you will find out where you fail or where you're weak you know are you going down and getting stuck in the hole and really grinding it and then sprinting yeah. out or are you getting out the hole but then getting stuck midway yeah, um, it, yeah, you, you, yeah it's very yeah, clever yeah it, it's it's really about that and you 
you can like it, some again i'll go back to like doing a five rep max when you start to fail on a five rep max you might not be failing in the same way of your breakdown of form as you would in a one rep max in fact you're almost certainly not because by the time you've got to that fifth okay. rep, your yeah. your um especially in something like a squat like you you're going to be breathing you're not going to be braced in any way near the same thing so you might be breaking down in something that looks like a something to do with your torso not being upright perhaps you need more upper back work because you like rounding over sure but yeah, realistically yeah. that's just you're not conditioned enough and you can't breathe and in a one rep max you get stuck in the hole every time so you've just spent 12 weeks working on your upper back when really you should have been working on your glutes or your quads yeah yeah so, like it's all, yeah it makes sense there's lots of you know reasons to to get up onto those maximum weights but to then inform the rest of everything else that you're doing yeah yeah um, but yeah, and yeah it's five, I mean, five, three, one, a trained at Westside. I'm pretty certain he did. Jim Wendler did? Yeah, I'm fairly certain he did. I've not read anywhere that he has, but he might well have done. Obviously, the, it's a very small, yeah, it's a very small, small world. Yeah, they're all, um, they all kind of obviously work together and relate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. But, if he um, hasn't, I'm sure he, if he didn't, by the time he created 51, he most certainly has trained with them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, they, it's, it, they've both got you know relatively similar. Yeah. Like you're doing that five three one. That's obviously a big part of it. But realistically, you, it's about building everything else. Off yeah, track. absolutely. There. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But you don't just you know punch a. Yeah. You know, like just clock in. Yeah. Well, I'll just do my other sets. It will be fine. I'll go home. It's like no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> An important element. So we're saying if you're completely new to the gym, yeah. it's linear linear periodization and then you know if you're if you know you've kind of been around the scene for a few months yeah. to to maybe even up to a year or more you're probably looking at five three one or five by five starting yeah. strength you could um, start there as well i think you could start with five three one or five by five and start there having never trained before De definitely um i think okay. you, you, you yeah could, i just i just like that's what we did yeah, and um, I just like. But um, I had your watchful eye keeping an eye on my form, my technique, and teaching me exactly what I needed to do. But yeah. if someone's going there completely alone, yeah, not I aware, just, I just you know, like you spending a few weeks of lifting way more than five reps because then you've never got anything that's too dangerous. On you your sure. Back. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And just it does grooving the form. Like if you're going to do three sets of one reps you know you, you've moved the bar up down three times whereas if you do three sets of 10 you've got 30 reps in the tank like yeah you practice the movement 30 times and right yeah. at that very beginning phrase you're not getting stronger you're getting better at the exercise your skill is rubbish not your strength yeah, yeah. you're not doing anything with strength so i would that's why i like like start there because you're just going to do high rep stuff and a lot of yeah, with yeah. um and it'll be worth it just to practice the form yeah Makes sense. Um, okay. The others. Yeah. So then moving into obviously five three one, you've got starting strength, five by five. Um, yeah. so they're probably kind of the two that are, are, are very well known in this space. Yep. After that, what do you recommend someone that's maybe done it a year or two, uh, has got that kind of training know how, you know that you know, if you went to the gym with them, they, they know what to do, they know what the exercises are, they know how to set it up, they they've got all the right cues and and then they're yep. doing it safely, uh, and they've built up some time on some, you know, some time under under the bar um so what right. would you recommend them Some assuming they stop working if they're still working absolutely yeah. carry on yeah i think you can do any of those forever like if you really wanted to yeah 
yeah absolutely just do 531 forever and never change it ever yeah the thing that i would recommend implementing is probably getting uh, some sort of coaching like i would get somebody to help you because realistically some sort mm. of template is now not going to be the thing that determines whether you're going to make progress or not your ability to work out what you need personally is yeah so either you can work it out and that's fine like re- listen to stuff like this all of the stuff that we were saying at the beginning now needs to come into play and and what you're going to do with that how are you going to build this what are my weaknesses where am i going to look how am i going to change different aspects of these templated programs for me or get somebody to help you do that um, yeah because i think it's it becomes impossible to have a templated thing that just progresses you forever at some point yeah that template needs to be adapted to you like if you look at yeah, west side barbell yeah, every single one of those guys is doing a different program none of them yeah. do the same thing because that's the whole point like they're all elite level athletes and if all of them were doing the same thing it wouldn't work for all of them sure so you know yeah. this where these specialist exercises come in um and it's like well how do i choose my specialist exercise well, it depends on your weaknesses well what do i how do i know what my weaknesses are well you yeah record yourself with a video and watch it and listen to things like this and work it out or yeah. you get a coach to just tell you and i would ask them uh, just make sure you ask them questions if they say okay well, you're weak in your triceps okay how did how did you know that because then next time you can watch your own video yeah I'll work it out. like yeah. now you can work out everything for yourself because yep. you had me telling you a hundred times like this that that do this do that that's why this, yep. that's why this. and you kept asking questions all the time i've trained with hundreds of different people uh yeah and probably a good dozen or more like very closely what you know been in my training sessions and so most of them still have no idea about any of the knowledge that you now have because you asked questions yeah where other people didn't ask questions they yeah. just went okay and done it which was fine like they, yeah yeah they, yeah they now can't think for themselves so i would hire somebody or train with somebody more experienced or have some way of doing that and with video technology you can just record yourself and send it to a coach like they don't even have to be there physically in that's person. true you can yeah there's a couple of good apps that that yeah. will record your bill yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it coach, doesn't have to be i coach what is it coach me well, i don't know about any of them but i, I would i would yeah. send it to like i like you don't have to get personal training really expensive every single session i just mean you know get somebody to look at your form get them to help you program it get them to understand where you're breaking down and why um yeah probably ask somebody who's experienced enough at the gym that you go to or if you train at home just record yourself and and yeah i mean send it to me i'll look at it for you like <laughs> yeah you know, at the time you send it into this podcast and we'll review it it's fine um, yeah that's a great shout yeah if you send it to media uh we'll bring it up at the bottom but media at the valhalla way and we'll we'll look at techniques um and, and see if there's anything to call out from a perspective yeah yeah well i think that's the way to go like once you get to a certain point you you even need yeah. to be able to work out the knowledge for yourself or you need to or you need help yeah um for somebody to teach you everything yeah. and then you can work it out for yourself and you always need help like i would need help i would still use a coach i would still get things looked at like i still want somebody queuing me on form of course you do yeah well absolutely that's why even england players have eddie jones you know yeah. and they and there's a strength and conditioning coach there and we've all seen the videos of um uh jack noel with he's got two 60 kilo dumbbells he lines on a flat bench he puts his feet up so his feet yeah. are not on the floor and he's bench pressing them yeah um and, well, and we've all them. seen lebron james do a squat horribly badly yeah 
<laughs> he's one man who needs some coaching. <laughs> he definitely needs a coaching. Not in basketball, but, but in squat. Yeah. <laughs> in squat. <laughs> yeah, he definitely can afford the best. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but, yeah. It's, it's just it's not going to be that much of an expense uh, if, to do, to get one or two. So or, or just ask yeah. somebody like this. Yeah. Online. I mean, we'll do it for free. We'll just as long as you're happy with. Uh, oh, we could yeah. do a technical breakdown on here and maybe other people can benefit from it if you're not shy with your videos being shown. Uh, yeah, yeah, not a problem. Okay. Um, that. So that, that's the way I would go with that. You can do something like Westside Barbell, move on to that kind of program by the book, um, not endorse. Certainly. I'm, yeah. If you're listening. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not, we're not. Absolutely. Do we look like we're endorsed by Louis yeah. Simmons? We'd at least be <laughs> yeah. this big, super strong. I'd have some trophies at the back. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I was working with Louis Simmons and um, so I think Westside is good uh, I quite like Jay DeFranco's Westside for Skinny Bastard uh, awesome. program awesome. I really like that because that's got that if you've done it long enough if you've been work training long enough and you're probably six months is probably the bare minimum where you have a good idea what your rate RPE is um, because that's kind of where that program gets to that's where that's that hybrid I think before you get a coach maybe give this a go um yeah, I was meaning up post like two years. Okay, fine. Like okay, yeah. Years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you can bench your yeah. own body weight, you can deadlift and squat two times your own body weight, and now where do I go? Yeah, for sure. Get a coach, yeah. get somebody to look at your exercises, get, you know, get somebody to break down your form, get somebody yeah. to look at your programming. And by that point, you've almost certainly got a bunch of injuries that you need to work around as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Well, um, but you can do yeah. that. And um, if anybody wants to take me up on my um, adaptation of squat, have you read Squat Every Day, Matt Perryman? Okay. Yeah. You you can get yeah, it. I'll on, read it. Um, yeah, I think it's like four pounds or something he sells it for. It's like a ridiculous price. Yeah. Um, it, it's basically like an extended blog, though. I think he just really didn't want to charge a lot for it. But because um, there's um, Jeff, I know I always say his name wrong, Jeff. Bezos. He's not Jeff Bezos because that's. The <laughs> yeah, I said that last time, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, but it's like Be <laughs> Bezos or Be Bez, Jeff Bez, something like that. Anyway, he coaches Olympic lifting guys, okay. um, but he gets them to squat uh, one rep max every single day. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. And he, had, he has multiple people squatting over like 400 kilos, like without, and they they like. They don't get amped up about it. Nobody's screaming and shouting. They just—it's like an average day. Like, they just get under the bar and squat. Yeah, yeah I just uh, you know squat three hundred and fifty kilos every day, weighing ninety kilos. Yeah. Okay, as you do. Uh, <laughs> um, but and then Matt Perryman—he's uh, not uh, like a professional athlete or anything like that. Um, necessarily, he's just a big enthusiast, and he tries his whole squat every day. Um, and he had a similar experience to me where you think like you should die. And then actually within a few weeks, you feel amazing. And things that hurt before suddenly stop hurting is injuries seem to go away rather than getting more. Okay. Um, he said after about six months, there was a bit of a dark, he's called it the dark ages or something like that. The dark <laughs> ages. So it was a good month where it was like, I think this is wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he said, but he went through that period and then came out the other side and then went back to actually, this is amazing okay um, fine so I, I still like the idea and i'm still going to try and experiment with myself, building my own squat rack i've got all the wood can't really nice. out so i can i can build it myself because apparently you can't buy anything here uh to do yeah. to do weightlifting. Um, 
Um, Buff Dudes have a very good video on how to build your own squat rack um, with wood. So take a look at that. I've seen that, actually. Yeah, that's quite good. He's got an iframe for the floor. And he's got uh, like, well, anyway, yeah. So I can't remember, but yeah, I, so I'll, I'll link I, it in. I'm going to try because why not? I've hurt myself enough. <laughs> You'll definitely hurt yourself building the squat rack, not no, using it. Certainly. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to try doing uh, squat, bench, deadlift, and ideally pull ups, but I haven't really got a good place to do pull ups, and especially not weighted ones or anything like that. So it'll probably be some sort of row. Instead. Can you not hook it in that door behind you? Yeah, uh, yeah, possibly, but anyway, we'll see. So yeah, some, okay. something, something's back, right? Yeah. Like those four exercises, and I'm going to do yep. a set of more than 50, a set of more than 30, or around 25, 30 reps, something like that, a set of 12 to 15, a set of 8 to 12, a set of 4 to 6, a set of 1 to 3, or no, or they're a set of three and then kind of building up to one rep max. Um, okay. to do that. Or I might cut out one of those sets. I want to get there within like six sets. I want to be at, or seven sets. I want to be at the one rep so that I can yeah. potentially do another one rep depending on how that one went. Okay. Possibly even three by the time yeah. this has been going for a while. And do that on all four exercises. Um, and then obviously do um, abs and obliques, like some sort of core thing. Um, otherwise there's just nothing done for the core and just all the limbs will be very strong and the core will snap in half. Uh, so uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Some, yeah. Something for, we'll probably just use it as an activation thing and do it at the beginning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But something like that. Um, I'm going to, I'm just, I want to try that and see like, can I do it for a year and see what happens? Yeah. See where I get to. Like when I done, when I went back from last time I slipped a disc, I think I, I went in and I could squat like, I think I want to say 70 kilos or 75 kilos or something, not very good. Um, and then within about a month, that was about 85 kilos. And that was just obviously just getting back into the training. So it's like nothing. But yeah. then within three months, I've taken that to 110 kilos, just squatting every day. Um, I, was, I was pretty pleased with that. Like, yeah. Uh, it's obviously not some ridiculous weight. I'm not saying, oh, squat 200 kilos now. No, for coming from but, a bad back, yeah. Yeah, and mo most importantly, I felt good. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like I was dying. My back felt significantly better. In fact, it's the only time it's felt better. Yeah, okay. Like, I spent a whole year doing swimming and yoga because people were like, don't lift, you'll, fi you'll fix your back better doing, like, yoga and swimming and all these other things that made me feel worse. Don't ever do that. <laughs> don't stop lifting. Like, yeah. It's the only thing that's ever made me feel better is lifting. Yeah. And it seems to be the heavier I lift and more frequently, the better I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like guys that have, um, they like tear the muscle off the bone or have to go surgery and they'll come back and they'll go, yeah, I could, I could barely squat my body weight. Yeah. Uh, but that's where they do. And they kind of stick to that obviously without, without making the injury worse, but you get these freaks that, that do this. And then, then, Six months later, they're like, yeah, six months later, I broke my squat PR and squatted 300 kilos. Yeah. What? what? <laughs> six months ago, you tore your quad off the bone. Yeah. And well, then, I think it depends what? on your recovery rate. Um, not recovery yeah. rate, but like how long you're out and how much you were training before. Like if you could squat yeah. 300 kilos and then you, you tear a quad and it takes you six months to recover, but you 
spent 10 years lifting prior to that yeah, yeah. you have a lot of memory in what you've done oh, absolutely yeah these guys were like lifting uh, maybe 250 or 280 before yeah. you know these this wasn't uh oh i used to do 120 kilos and then i tore my quad yeah, and then yeah. i'd squatted 300 kilos <laughs> like that yeah, didn't yeah. happen <laughs> that's yeah. not where this went it's um because people always see like people like me you say uh where you you end up with years of like you can't do it that's yeah. what i think you, you end up in a slightly different territory yeah okay you've got to be a bit more i don't know i think you go through phases i'm in the phase of well screw it nothing can make it worse <laughs> yeah i'm not in that phase <laughs> i'm in absolutely my 100 priority right now is i'm not tweaking anymore I'm yep. not tweaking it. There is no injury. If something doesn't feel right, I'm just going to put it down. I'm yep. not doing another set because I want to be able to come back next week and train it again and next week and train it again. And, and touch wood, so far that has worked well for me. My lifts are progressing, my strength is progressing, I'm getting bigger and getting leaner yep. um, as well. It's kind of working out for me because I've been able to train consistently. Yep. And I know I'm one of those, I have to train consistently and I'll make incredibly fast progress. As soon as I don't, I'll make incredibly fast like I'll go backwards just as quickly, yeah. <laughs> if not quicker. So yeah, yeah. I'm one it, of those. I'm not one of those that barely moves. I'm one of those that can move very fast either way. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I think the the, the rate of progress with like when you if you're just consistent enough, like yeah, that, yeah. How, how do you get strong? I uh, lift three to five times a week for ten years, and and then you tell you me will if, be. You're not, if you're not strong because yeah. Then, You've done something seriously wrong. <laughs> yeah. Although any of these kind of online programs follow kind yeah. of different calls and just live consistently enough long enough. Yep. You you know, you'll get that. But that that was the other thing about this like squatting every day type of thing that was quite nice. Because if I yep. did feel a bit like, oh, I'm not sure today, I just went home. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah, screw it. I'm just I'll go home today then. Like my sure. one max today was 55 kilos. That's well, that's fine. Um, and go home because I'm coming back tomorrow. It doesn't like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like, yeah. You didn't feel like you were building up to this like Tuesday night of squat night, and I've got to get my PR, and I really want to progress. And there was like yeah. no pressure on it because it was like, well, I'm just going to come back tomorrow, and perhaps I'll come back twice tomorrow. Like sometimes you go in the morning, go again in the evening. Like yeah, yeah. type of thing. Like you read this thing from Matt Perryman, it's like you just kind of it becomes. It doesn't really matter. It's just another day type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you can have a lot more of. That like oh, actually yeah I don't feel very good and I quite like that element because when you are recovering from injury there are days where you're like actually I really probably shouldn't lift mm. now and if that's yeah, like yeah, your only session on X Y and Z that's your favourite thing to do yeah. then you're like pissed about it and you might push yourself and go beyond what you should be doing and so I, sure. I quite liked it for that I'm not I'm not going to sit here and recommend doing that for anyone because I think it's probably a ridiculous idea but I do think it's something to experiment with because a lot of Olympic weightlifters do a one rep max on, on snatch clean and jerk and front squat every single day and yeah I get but yeah but then there's a lot of technique refinement element there yeah there and... is it's way more it's way less of like a grindy type yeah exactly that's what i mean you either get it or you don't a lot yeah thing. yeah and so it is it is different but I'm gonna yeah try. why not yeah absolutely uh we'll caveat that with that that advice probably is reserved for the intermediate to advanced lifters um and i wouldn't probably... use it at all i would not recommend this in any way shape or form but if you're interested <laughs> in trying it out please do contact me yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really interested hey. in programming it and 
and seeing how it goes for yeah myself and yeah i'd love to get an experiment group of some people together and try it out yeah. like a good 12 months of yeah consistently like doing that yeah, yeah absolutely there's many benefits to each one of those rep ranges is, is, is kind of the point yeah uh, why i built it. it was it's all like squat every day it was like get to your one rep max as soon as quick basically as in a few sets as possible and yeah. then you do your one rep and then you might do that um a couple more one reps yeah depending on how you feel and then you'll do two to five back off sets of doubles or triples and that's that's your session okay makes um, sense but rather than having all of that on the back end of the one rep like i might do one rep and then do one more one like rep, potentially yeah. three i guess but something like that like see like is it like let's say you get to 100 kilos you're like actually i feel good today let's try 102 and do you do another one rep so sure rather than having all the stuff in the back end i want to do all the stuff in the front end to build up volume um yep. there's a lot of a lot to be said for um you know matt winning does all his winning warm-ups where he's doing four sets of 25 reps or more on some sort of superset as his warm-up yeah. okay and he's looks like you know if he's doing a bench thing it'll probably be triceps and lats that he'll do that with and he's like okay you know they're the things that i need to build they're the thing to put volume into um and he's like, after a while, you just can In fact, recently he changed to doing it as like four sets of 50 because he's so conditioned to doing four sets of, four sets of 25. Yeah. Um, so he was like, even now, like, it's, it's like, it's ridiculous. You think most people are like dead by the end of that. Uh, there's, that was the word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that sounds like talking it. About, I'm not even began warming up yet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the primer to the warm up to yeah, the bench literally. press. <laughs> um this is quite a lot of research on you know volume matters the most and then there's a lot if you volume intensity and frequency and there's probably enough evidence on each one of them to say it's the most important yeah it's a bit ridiculous um so like what is it um so if i do all of those sets with all of those reps every single day i'm maximizing volume intensity <laughs> and frequency yeah you're going you're redlining the car to see what happens yeah fine i'm just going to yeah. keep my mental the, the thing i'm really wanting to test is how much of this can you do staying calm rather than yeah. getting ramped up and getting burnt out and like getting okay. really stressed because i remember doing that before getting like amped up for stuff and there was no way i was going to lift another one rep max the next day i was like dead like yeah fine it was just never going to happen but yeah keeping calm yeah. and not pushing that like mental state sure to mean you could just turn up every day and do it because it didn't really matter yeah that like oh it's fine type attitude and so that yeah. that's that's really the experiment like can you do something that people say you can't do just because in your mind you say yeah it's fine. like yeah how you say that's yeah it's interesting it's probably worth adding that both you and i have a have a completely unrelated day job and therefore if you want to send in your details or want to be part of, of Tom's group here, it's entirely free. There is, yeah. there is no catch all. There is no catch 22. There's no hidden terms. It's just something we're interested in doing just like we are putting out these podcasts and sharing our knowledge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll get the, uh, the address to come up on the screen. Um, and then if anyone's interested, I'll let you know. Yeah, that'd be good. Cool. I think that's a, that's probably a good place to, to wrap this one up. Yeah. With yeah. obviously you've got some really good 
subtopics and sidebars to, to pick up on the on the third one. But yeah, if you've got any questions, got any comments, or what are your thoughts around the um, off-season, in-season training? Has your coach given you advice that is additional or counter to what we've said? Share, comment below, and let's expand that knowledge and, and try and improve that, that grassroots game, which is essentially the purpose of the podcast. Um, but until then, you know, enjoy, train hard, um, and we'll see you on the, the third podcast. Yeah. See ya. Thanks all. Bye-bye.